Closing up the shop on week 14. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, fellas, fellas? A million dollar rooskies up top to first place in a divisional matchup, this showdown slate between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited now that we're going to be having Saturday football moving forward for the next two weeks. Yes, that is right. A two-game slate for week 15, a three-game slate the day after Christmas in week 16. Very excited to cover those, but we got to get through this one-game showdown slate, as we always do. If you're brand new here, how you doing? I'm about to smack you with the information that you're about to get, the best information that you're going to find on these free YouTube streets, on the free podcast streets out there. We're going to go player by player. Anybody that's going to be potentially making an impact today, anybody that's going to be running routes at the wide receiver tight end position. Anybody that might be touching the ball as a running back, we're going to be talking about them today. I'll be letting you know early on if I have any type of interest, a yes, a maybe interest, or just a no right on. And then later on tonight at 6 p.m. East Coast time, I'll be doing a one-hour live stream where I'll have my 150 lineups, my final interest, answering all of your questions for an hour. So be sure to hit that notification bell so you know when we're going live, but also the like button for me. Why not? The big old subscribe button, especially if you're brand new here. Join this community as we push towards 35,000 subscribers by the end of 2020. We are on pace to do so, so why not help us out and get there? I appreciate that in advance. So yeah, that's what we're going to be doing here, and what you can do right now is sit back, relax, take your shoes off, or maybe you're at the gym, or maybe you're walking, or maybe you're doing whatever with your podcast in your ears, whatever it is. This is your time. We're about to fill your brain with the information to schmack around your opponents to win all the Dollaruskis and have the better potential to win those Dollaruskis than the people you'll be facing in head-to-heads, than the people you'll be facing in tournaments, in the betting streets, whatever it might be. One place that you can do that, and you can do it in a major way, is the sponsor in the proud, presenting sponsor of the this Monday night showdown show, and that's going to be Super Draft, where Super Draft continues to just be excelling, continues to just add more tournaments and more contests. And hint, some of these contests aren't filling. Yesterday, about 20 minutes before the game start, there's still a thousand spots, almost 20% of, and really 25% of the contest field for their main event that has $20,000 to first on Super Draft that was still open. So, uh, one, you're getting overlay. One, sometimes you're getting rate free contests as well. You're getting weaker competition because people aren't focusing on Super Draft. It's a multiplier format. So, for example, if you are not familiar already, Lamar Jackson, if he's scores 20 points tonight. He has a 1x multiplier. He will score 20 times that 1x and he gets 20 points. But for example, tonight, if Mr. Mark Ingram somehow scored 15 points tonight, he has a 2x multiplier. He would actually smash and outscore Lamar Jackson because he would actually finish with 30 super draft points. I have all the multipliers and all of the projections for super draft down below on Patreon, as well as a bunch of other stuff. So you can follow along and check that out. My name is Sal. SAL will give you a free money bonus up to a thousand dollar rooskies if you just sign up on super draft and try it out. People are winning every single day on super draft. Had somebody else reach out to me on Twitter yesterday when winning $4,000 on Superdraft. We've had people win over $25,000. We've had people win over $10,000. It is the best chance that you have at return on investment in DFS because it is less competition and quite frankly, easier competition. You're playing less people for similar to more money per person in the contest. And those people are not as good, not using projections, not anywhere near as in tune with Superdraft strategy. So check it out down below right now. Personally, myself ended up doubling up the money yesterday on Superdraft was a very good day. Again, check it out down below. My name's Sal. Let's know that you came from me, S-A-L. So let's start this bad boy off and we'll start in terms of the salary order with Mr. Lamar Jackson, who's going to have a negative 42% pass blocking advantage against Cleveland's number 17 pass rush. He is throwing the ball just 27 times per game, but we know that he's running the ball a ton. He has now eclipsed Kyler Murray with the most rushing yards per game to this point with 60.8 per game, and now has 22 or more fantasy points in two out of his last three games, averaging seven yards per attempt, right around to slightly below league average, and the number 19 protection rate on the season. Lamar Jackson is currently on Patreon. Again, you can follow down below on my projections, rankings, ownership will be 
out for tonight as well and all the other main slates. A lot of information there, especially with NBA coming out, a lot more to come. He is my highest projected player on the slate by over six fantasy points is Lamar Jackson. He is expensive, but in my opinion, it is appropriate. He's going to start out this slate with a yes. And now we get to not the next quarterback on the slate, but actually Mr. Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb right now, based on how he's playing as of late, deserves this price point of being $10,000 plus dollars. There is only two players above $10,000 on the slate. And one of them, yes, is Mr. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is going to have a positive 20% matchup against Baltimore's number 17 run defense. And Cleveland right now ranks number three in run plays per game. He averages 17.6 opportunities per game. That'll be a little bit skewed downward because he left the game in Dallas week four, where he only played like 18% of the snaps and then left early due to injury. But he has been fantastic. Honestly, if Nick Chubb never got hurt, he would be up there likely in the discussions with Dalvin Cook, likely in the discussions with Derrick Henry in terms of how good of a running back overall yardage, how efficient he has been because he's number two in yards per touch. He's number one in true yards per carry and number three in yards created amongst all running backs. There has only been one game this year, one full game that he has played, right? He left early in week four against Dallas where he has not eclipsed a hundred total yards. That was week one when he had 66 yards on just 10 carries and everybody was screaming for the heavens that it was Kareem Hunt's backfield. Since then, 133 yards, 110, 126, 112, 176, and 106 total yards overall in fully healthy games since week one. And he's been doing it lately on an enhanced workload. In his last game, he had 19 overall opportunities. He saw five red zone touches. The game before that, 22 overall opportunities, four red zone touches. Nick Chubb should be this price point. He should be this expensive. He deserves this price point. Although he's $10,200, he's going to project out pretty much right around all the other guys around him. He's not going to be a clear cut yes for me, but this is a better matchup than you actually think. This is a bad Baltimore Ravens run defense and an even worse tackling unit. Nick Chubb has been fantastic, especially in an evaded tackles and creating your own yard standpoint. He's going to need touchdowns, so he's going to be in play for me. Not a full on yes, because some of the guys around him look pretty similar, but he's definitely a strong in play for me type of a player. Next up is Nick Chubb's quarterback, and that is going to be Baker Mayfield, who as of late, the last couple of games, maybe the two best games, at least fantasy wise, and probably in real life as well on the season for Baker. He'll have a positive 7% pass blocking matchup against the Ravens, who have the 22nd ranked pass rush. He's averaging 27 attempts per game, very similar to Lamar. 33rd overall protection rate in the NFL this year for Baker Mayfield. It is a good line. It is a good line so far this year. It's a combination of holding onto the ball. It's gotten better over the last two games. So that's something to point out from the protection rate. 7.5 yards per attempt is a bubbly garbage, but he's been good in a couple of regards. Baker is definitely in this contract year for you, really, in a year where they can just say, you know what, we don't want to pick up that 50-year option. Baker is number three in true completion percentage. Baker is number four in right now true passer rating. He's been strong. 18 plus fantasy points in back-to-back games at $10,000 flat. It is a tough secondary, but Jimmy Smith has been unhealthy and injured. We'll see what happens with his status tonight. Marlon Humphreys has been average, but not elite after getting his big contract. Marcus Peters is having a down year for Marcus Peters' standards. They don't have Earl Thomas. The secondary is nowhere near as good as last year, although it's similar players due to banged up play and just regression from peak performance. Baker Mayfield is in play for me. I might lean to get to Nick Chubb, to be completely honest with you, but since they're three-point underdogs, it does skew towards maybe a little bit more passing plays than usual in this game. Next up, you have a player, and honestly, we can say this about Baker Mayfield as well, and maybe this is why Nick Chubb's performances as of late have been better. Before the last two games, they played in three terrible weather games, a monsoon, two wind games, where it was impossible to have a strong passing offense. So we can give them a little bit of a break there, and I kept harping that in a lot of my DFS shows and betting shows, and you know, if you were one of the fellas out there, shout out the t-shirt shop down below if you want to check out all the merch that we have, especially for the Christmas season. I ordered myself a couple. I'm hoping that they come maybe today or tomorrow. Uh, a couple of hoodies, a couple of t-shirts. Can't wait for them to come. The fellows ones are fantastic. But shout out to fellas if you've been paying attention to this because you were on Jarvis Landry. You might have even been on Baker Mayfield the last couple of weeks, but really the big one was Jarvis Landry. Because Jarvis Landry over the last two weeks, 16 receptions, 205 yards and two touchdowns on 22 targets. And he had nine red zone targets. Jarvis Landry in the last two weeks has seen nine fucking red zone targets out of his 22 overall targets. That is absolutely insane and nuts. Now he's $9,400. 
He's insanely expensive, sadly for us. But in general, this slate is kind of priced off all over the place. He'll have a positive 5% matchup against Marlon Humphreys, who is allowing 1.07 yards per cover. So far, Jarvis this year, six and a half targets per game on 25% target share, 45% of his snaps out of the slot. And he is number seven in the NFL in red zone targets. But here's the big thing about Jarvis Landry. Yes, it's because there was a three-week span plus a bye week was in there. So in total four weeks, one month where he just wasn't doing anything because he had a bye week and he had three bad weather games. And that was all without OBJ. We didn't really have a true sample of Jarvis Landry's role in this offense without OBJ until these last two weeks when they actually played in some decent weather. And now you've seen it in a major way. He's basically the only guy that Baker is looking at in the red zone. Austin Hooper, another red zone guy, the secondary guy is likely not going to play tonight. So a huge red zone role is going to be there potentially for Jarvis Landry tonight. I would expect somewhere around eight to 10 targets for Jarvis Landry. Right now, I'm going to be putting Jarvis Landry as a yes. The reason I him as a yes is because I like the upside that wide receivers have more so than running backs more times than not. Running backs, especially Nick Chubb, who don't have a pass catching role all that much, can be factored out of this game if it goes sideways, whereas Jarvis Landry, for the most part, is not going to be factored out of that game. And if he is, it's because his team's up big and it's likely because he's doing well. So Jarvis Landry at $9,400. I do understand that that is expensive, but I like the recent stuff we're seeing out of him. I'm not too terrified about this secondary yet, especially if Jimmy Smith is out. Give me a yes at $9,400 Jarvis Landry. Next up is Mark Andrews, who is set to return after being on the COVID list. He had diabetes, so it was a little bit scary. So they're taking their time with him. He'll have a positive 5% matchup against Malcolm Smith, who he does have a 31 pound advantage on, which is pretty massive if you're just talking about matchups, right? Not even skill base. He just has a massive advantage on him as a tight end for an undersized linebacker. A 22% target share this year on six targets per game. He's seen 36% slot usage, and he's been pretty decent when it comes to air yards. The number one tight end in overall market share of his team's air yards. The problem is he's doing nothing after the catch. He's awful. He's number 31 out of all the tight ends in the NFL in yards after the catch. He's just been efficient on a per route basis, number eight in yards per route run. So here's what I'm going to do with Mark Andrews. Myself personally, as a 150 max player, a 20 max player tonight, I'm going to be having him in my player pool. I'm not going to be taking him out because even though he's overpriced for his role this year at $8,800, if he does see seven targets, 50 yards and a touchdown, right? And he catches four passes, that's going to be probably enough on this type of a slate, 15 fantasy points or so to be getting you there at $8,800. So I'm not going to be taking him out because that's a very realistic stat line. If you're playing like one to 10 lineups, I'd probably put Mark Andrews as a no. So what I'm going to be putting these exposures as is if you're just playing a couple of lineups because I, I know like 95% of you, maybe 99% of you tonight are just going to play like one to 10 lineups. So if that's the case, I probably would not be getting to too much Mark Andrews relative to the guys around him, like Jarvis Landry, relative to some of the guys a little bit cheaper than him and really just skipping the 8K range as a whole. But if you're playing 150s, he's going to stay in my player pool because he'll be a decent option for you, especially because he has a lot of touchdown upside. Next up is J.K. Dobbins, who look, this is not the same situation as Cam Akers, right? This is not the rookie running back late in the season that on a showdown slate is a little bit overpriced in the 8K range, $8,200 J.K. Dobbins and is the number one back. Coming into what was like two to three weeks ago at this point, it looked like he was going to be the main workhorse back. It was a week where Mark Ingram was coming off an 8% snap share. Gus Edwards wasn't getting that much work. J.K. Dobbins was seeing like 20 opportunities himself. And then he got hit with COVID, right, for Thanksgiving week. And then he finally returned last week. And there's a couple things you could say from this. Maybe it was just easing him back in, right? Maybe it was the fact that they were up so big in the offensive side, so they let all the running backs get in play. But whatever it was, it wasn't that encouraging for J.K. Dobbins' role. And it definitely wasn't encouraging enough for me to want to pay $8,200, right? He has a neutral 0% run blocking matchup against Cleveland's number 16 run defense. And in week 13, he returned 11 carries for 71 yards. He was very efficient, right? But he only ran four total routes, but it was a blowout win against the Cowboys where they can just run. This is the number one run offense and the number three run offense is Cleveland. Number one is this Baltimore Ravens offense. So maybe lean the under in this game, but either way, this is the number one run offense and they were able to run at will against the Cowboys. So why not keep doing that? So he didn't run many routes, but he only played 37% of the snaps. You did see five red zone touches. So almost half of his touches were in the red zone, which is good to see, but they're just offense in general was in the red zone a lot because Gus Edwards had seven carries for over hundred yards. JK Dobbins was averaging 7.7 yards per clip. Yeah, you're going to get to the end zone pretty quickly with the red zone when you're doing that. But it definitely was not encouraging to see JK Dobbins only 
played 37% of the snaps, and this to go back to a three-headed backfield. Now, I'm not shocked to see if this just tilts back tonight to a situation where Dobbins is running 20 routes, he sees four targets, he catches a couple, and he gets 12 attempts. But at $8,200, I don't think that it's that much of a slam dunk play, or at least the chances are not as likely as what we just saw to Cam Akers, who's coming off of a game where he did see all the usage and was very good with that usage. Now you're coming off of a game where J.K. Dobbins sure was good with the limited usage, but so was to a much lesser extent Mark Ingram. Gus Edwards, seven carries over 100 yards in that game. So I'm going to go no as well on J.K. Dobbins. And if I had to pick one, I would choose Mark Andrews over Dobbins in this 8K range for sure, in my opinion, for the upside of just a pass catcher downfield, the red zone usage, and not having to split up his usage at tight end position like Dobbins well as a running back. Now we start to get to some of these wide receivers in Hollywood Brown at $7,400. It's a fair price point. Look, a positive 11% matchup against Johnson, who allows a 78% catch rate in Hollywood Brown this year, 24% target share on six targets per game. You're getting 15% slot usage and top five deep attempts in the NFL. So there's always that upside at $7,400. I think it's a fair price point. You're getting 16 targets and nine receptions over the last two games. Now, obviously one of those games was with Robert Griffin and shout out from Penn State, the alumni myself, just like you, Trace, Trace McSorley, taking us to that big 10 championship playing from behind one of the best games I've ever seen. Saeed Blacknall, all these people say come with the game winner on TJ Watt. What a game, but Hollywood Brown, he's going to be in a situation where yes, okay, so two games ago, you can't really count that because it wasn't with Lamar, but coming off of a game where he plays 82% of the snaps, only needs to run 19 routes. And on those 19 routes, he ended up seeing eight targets, two red zone targets, caught five of them as well. So there's upside for sure for him. It's nice to see that he's staying involved to this point. The problem is that this team likes to run a lot. They're three point favorites. So there's a really good chance that Lamar only throws 25 times in this game. So even with a 25% target share, you're still only looking at like five or six targets for Hollywood Brown at $7,400. He's nowhere near a smash play for me, but he's going to be in play. Nonetheless, you get then to Kareem Hunt into the number two running back for the Cleveland Browns and pretty firmly now the number two since Nick Chubb has returned. You will still see that same positive 20% matchup against Baltimore's number 17 run defense. In week 17, you saw the most touches he's seen since Nick Chubb was back with 17 overall touches. But the problem is they had a huge lead against Tennessee and they could just run the clock out a little bit more and have more running plays than they normally run. Now 14 routes run per game and the number four yards created running back, he still has upside to smash and to do something here. But if Nick Chubb does stay healthy, I'm probably, if again, if you're playing like one to three lineups, I'm probably avoiding Kareem Hunt. It's very much so like right on that borderline. So I'll keep him in play just because he has the pass catching upside and they are going to be playing from behind. So maybe you do see a three or four reception game from him. He's going to be touchdown dependent though at $7,200. Don't like him at all on Super Jeff where he only has a 1.35x multiplier at $7,200 on DraftKings. I would much prefer at this point just getting to Hollywood Brown's upside. Some more wide receivers now as we get over to Rashad Higgins who will have a positive 13% matchup against Marcus Peters who is allowing 1.1 yards per cover this year, which is down from his last year metric. Still not bad, but just down from last year. It's tough to look at Higgins overall year stats because obviously OBJ was on this team for a large majority of the season. 14% target share and four targets per game is tough to look at. But in week 13, you saw it. The bad weather was gone. In week 12, he struggled. In week 13, he popped off since Baker popped off. Six catches on nine targets, 95 yards in a tutty. And he's the number two wide receiver very sneakily here. Number two wide receiver in the NFL in yards per target, meaning downfield usage for big upside plays. 11.8 yards per target is very quietly an elite number. Rashad Higgins at $6,200. I would even prefer Higgins for $1,000 less than his teammate Kareem Hunt here, who would at least be operating tonight as the wide receiver two for the Cleveland Browns. Willie Sneed at $5,800. This is a tough sell for me. He's coming back from COVID here. Look, Willie Sneed has been good from a target share usage. So this will be interesting to see how much it's going to impact guys like Hollywood Brown. Because yeah, Lamar has liked throwing to Willie Sneed, especially in the red zone. He'll have a positive 17% matchup against Stewart, who allows 0.99 yards per cover. Willie Sneed this year seeing a 15% target share on four targets per game and he's playing 72% of his snaps out of the slot. But here's the big thing. Willie Sneed before getting COVID, seven targets in three of his last four games to that point, and he was running 24 or more routes in three out of his last four. Willie Sneed was actually operating as the number one wide receiver on this team, and he was operating as the number one air 
yards player. He was seeing 85 air yards, 73 and 55 in three out of his last four games. He was actually the number one receiver over Hollywood Brown. So if you want to take that stuff into account, then at $5,800, he's a pretty cheap option for you. But even that all being said, he's been touchdown dependent this year. Outside of his game where he went for 100 yards against Pittsburgh, if he hasn't scored a touchdown in that game, you're not going to be even flirting with over eight fantasy points. So at $5,800, he's a touchdown dependent wide receiver. And I don't really like that. So again, if you're somebody playing one to 10 lineups, I'm going to pass on Willie Sneed. I'd rather go to guys like Rashad Higgins who aren't touchdown dependent wide receivers, who have the downfield usage, who are seeing consistent errors, who can catch four passes for 80 yards, four passes even for 72 yards, something like that, right? 70 yards and end up getting you 10 plus fantasy points. Willie Sneed, since his offense just doesn't throw that much in general, their favorites here, it's really tough to rely on volume from him. Like even if you ended up seeing another seven targets, his catch rate isn't that high. Say he brings in four of them, his average depth of target is nowhere near that high. You're probably looking at four catches for 40 yards. That's not going to pay off for you here. So again, if you're playing 150 max, he's probably in my player pool. If you're playing one to 10 lineups, I could avoid it and go somewhere else. Next up is going to be Gus Edwards, who was mega efficient last week, but saw a drop down in overall usage, obviously, because you had J.K. Dobbins come back and Mark Ingram. But seven carries overall for 101 yards. He's averaging 9.1 opportunities per game and 44.2 total yards per game. In week 13, his snaps did go down to 33%, but that's bad for J.K. Dobbins because this guy is still playing a third of the snaps to this point. He's averaging 4.5 yards per carry so far this season, which is 13th in the NFL. Very good to see. And five routes run per game. Gus Edwards at $5,200 is nowhere near what I want to be paying for on this slate. Yes, he sees red zone and goal line touches. So you can see a Gus Edwards stat line like you did on Thanksgiving or the week after Thanksgiving when they played, I believe it was Pittsburgh. You can see a stat line that says something like eight carries for 12 yards and a touchdown or two, but I'm not going to be going to Gus Edwards at this price point. A little bit too expensive for me. Donovan Peoples-Jones, the man who was a one of the highest rated ever high school recruits. Then he goes into a terrible program for his skill set in Michigan where they want to run the ball more, short passing, no good quarterbacks, can't take advantage of his skill set. And he drops like the sixth or seventh round of the NFL draft this year. Now he's actually getting playing time without OBJ out there, a positive 17% match against Harris if Harris is actually going to play. Otherwise, it's Jimmy Smith, which is a completely different matchup. It goes from being maybe the most difficult matchup in the NFL to what would be the easiest matchup on this week, according to yards per cover metrics. Harris, in a small sample size, has allowed the most yards per cover this season at 2.98. Again, if Jimmy Smith is in, this is probably a matchup against Jimmy Smith. Nowhere near the same matchup, who is only allowing about 0.51 yards per cover this season. Now, in week 13, you saw a career high, 20 routes run, even in a blowout, 20 routes run for Donovan's Peoples-Jones. He caught two of his three targets for 91 yards, and he had that big touch. At $4,800, he's going to be big play upside or bust. So I'll have interest in him because if he starts to become a little bit cheaper here and we're seeing the routes run go up, but that interest is not going to be all that high, especially if Jimmy Smith is in. Now you get to the defenses. You start to get down here to some cheaper players. Ravens defense at $4,400. It's a fair price point, but I think there's enough value on the slate that I can avoid it. They rank 20th overall. It's also not that good of a defense, to be honest with you. It's just kind of a name value at this point. Yes, they have some good cornerbacks that uh, when it comes to fantasy scoring, yeah, the cornerbacks can have some pick sixes, but I'm not going to be slightly relying on that. I want to look more so for pressure. And when it comes to defenses in general. It is kind of random. You have the special teams component of return touchdowns, but I want to be looking for pressure and tackling and that type of stuff. They don't tackle well. So yards after the catch, picking up more yards, scoring more points is going to hurt the defense. They don't bring any pressure at all. So that's a concern. They're in 20th in total defense, 17th versus around 26 in tackling, 22nd in pressure and 17th in coverage. I don't have any interest in this point in playing a defense on this slate and paying up for the more expensive one at 4,400. Now you get to Harrison Bryant, who look, there's unlikely to be Austin Hooper. We'll touch on this for sure if he's inactive on the live stream tonight at 6 p.m. He's close time. So again, like subscribe notification bell, all those things. I greatly, greatly appreciate your support as we push towards 35,000 subscribers and 35,000 ladies, gentlemen, and fellows, 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 and this beautiful community that we're building. Another way to support as well, you can follow over on uh, Twitter at SalVetriDFS, on Instagram, Sal underscore Vetri. Join those communities there, interact with that content, reach out if you have any questions, all that type of stuff. Check out those socials. But Harrison Bryant, yeah, look, he's been a good rookie tight end when he's gotten some usage. Hooper unlikely to play. He didn't see any targets on week 13 when David and Joko did. I think that this is going to be very similar to when we had earlier in the 
knee or the appendicitis with Austin Hooper, you just saw some split usage. So with no Hooper in week seven and eight, you saw Mr. Harrison Bryant catch seven of eight targets for 81 yards and two touchdowns. He ran 14 routes and 20 routes. Now we'll have a tough matchup against Chuck Clark. I think this price point is overpriced to be completely honest with you, but I won't rule him out because he will be using the red zone, especially since there's no Hooper tonight. It's going to probably be Bryant and Joku and Landry being the guys using the red zone. At $4,200 though, if I had to pick one of them, it would definitely be paying all the way down for Mr. Njoku. So I'll keep him in my player pools on like 150 maxes because of the touchdown upside. I'll slightly keep him in play, but I will let you know if I peek behind the curtain on Patreon, follow down below for all my Patreon projections rankings. So you have all the information you need and you're equipped to get into these contests and dominate tonight. I basically have Harrison Bryan and David Njoku projecting out for the same points, but their price points are wildly off over $3,000 difference for their price points. I think their routes run are both going to be around like 15 here. So if you had to pick one of them and let's just do it this way, I'll keep Harrison Bryan into my 150 maxes. But if you're playing, let's just say one to three lineups tonight, I'll be going with David Njoku over Harrison Bryant. They basically look like the same player for me tonight, except there's a 3000 plus difference. So it's just an easy fade. If you're playing only a couple lineups on Mr. Harrison Bryant, let us scroll down now as we get to the final names on this slate. And you can start with the Browns defense. Browns defense at $4,000. It's fine. If you wanted to play a defense, just choose the cheaper one. These defenses look very similar. The Browns are 18th overall, 16th first to run, 11th in tackling, 17th in pass rush and 20th in coverage. They're very similar. They have a little bit better of a pass rush than the Ravens. I don't really care too much as underdogs to be getting there, to be honest with you. I don't really care to be getting to defenses on this slate. But again, I'll have ownership to the defenses. You'll see that later tonight. But again, if you're building a couple lineups, probably won't. Both kickers are going to be in play. As usual, kickers are fine to get to if you really want to. I also call out, yeah. Go ahead, sign up for Super Draft. Go ahead and make your dollar skis. The kickers are very much in play on Super Draft week in and week out. If I rank this right now by my Super Draft points overall, these kickers are actually going to come in. Yeah, right around like there's two guys who kind of stand out on Super Draft. Link down below to check it out. And two guys that I really like to see up there as well. Easy to make lineups, maybe some unique lineups. But then those kickers are right there in the next tier. You can play these kickers tonight, even both of them, and feel confident in your Super Draft lineups because of their really nice multipliers. Again, promo code SOUND gets you that bonus. Be sure to check out the presenting sponsor of the show, Super Draft, and be able to take advantage of a better site to get your return on investment. Your dollar Ruskies for your brewskis or whatever else you want to use them on. We start to get down to some pretty shitty value and then some decent value. You get Mark Ingram here, who's operating as the running back three on his team now, just 16 total touches in his last three games and only nine total fantasy points over his last three games. Dobbins is getting the, all the touches in between the 20s and some in the red zone as well. Gus Edwards is getting some goal line work. Mark Ingram is just kind of getting some breather touches and some respect touches as being a veteran and a good locker room presence. He's played 29%, 8%, and 20% of the snaps in the last three games. And they were kind of giving him snaps last week when it was a blowout just to like kind of give him those like you know you're a dusty old player here's your snaps kind of sad to see but he's a good locker room presence and this is just what happens when you draft a very good running back earlier on when you have Gus Edwards is a very strong good yards per carry guy yeah and when you start to become inefficient and older it's going to be tough that's just a, the law of the land in the NFL so Mark Ingram no interest for me Miles Boykin and Devin Duvernay we could hit on both of these guys at the same time Boykin at $2,200 and Duvernay at $1,600 look in week 13 you got a lot of things that are not going to be the case this week so it's really hard to gauge that for their usage Des Bryant was ruled out last second no Willie Sneed no Mark Andrews Miles Boykin came in and 19 routes. He only caught one of his three targets for a 38 yard touchdown. So he got to there if he ended up playing it. When he's going to be on the field tonight, when and if he's on the field tonight, he'll face some Mitchell, which would be a negative 18% matchup for Boykin. But if we look at Devin Duvernay for $600 less and a better super draft multiplier of 3x, look, he will have the same matchup as above if he does indeed play. And he saw last week, same exact stuff, same usage as Mr. Miles Boykin. 19 routes run, only saw one target and caught it for two yards. But in week 12, you saw Boykin play 33% of the snaps and Mr. Devin Duvernay, the 
rookie play 87%. If I had to guess tonight, I would say that with Willie Sneed back, with Mark Andrews back, neither of these guys are going to be all that impactful. In the passing game, they'll be fourth options at best. But I would say that Devin Duvernay is at least, I mean, even if they run the same amount of routes, I'll take the cheaper option there, right? $600 less, better super draft multiplier. But I'll say that Devin Duvernay is the better player. Maybe the nice touchdown catch last week got Miles Boykin some more credit and some more run. But I'll still say that Devin Duvernay plays more of the snaps. So I won't have interest in Miles Boykin. If you were to pick one of these guys, I would end up going to Devin Duvernay, who's below $2,000. But if I'm going to pick a value play at all, we already hinted at him earlier, it's going to be $1,000 David Njoku because, and this is if Austin Hooper does not play, he's unlikely and leaning doubtful to play tonight. Expect a timeshare with Brian. But in week 13, you saw 13 routes, which is a season high, actually a season high for David Njoku. He played 50 plus percent of the snaps in the two weeks when Austin Hooper was also out. And in those weeks, you saw David Njoku put up in week seven on 12 routes, two catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown on three targets, 10 fantasy points. And then the week after that, both of them struggled against Vegas, both Bryant and David Njoku. Njoku ran another 12 routes, right? At that point was a season high. Saw three more targets, caught his sole target for 19 yards, 2.9 fantasy points. I haven't projected for around four and a half fantasy points tonight. Very similar to what I have Bryant projected at. We'll take it at $1,000 for a guy who I think probably runs somewhere between 12 and 15 routes. I think Bryant probably runs somewhere between like 14 and 16, maybe a little bit more routes for Bryant, but nowhere near those extra two to three routes or is it worth a $3,000 difference. Close out the slate with guys who I don't have any interest in. Luke Wilson, now that you have all these guys back, especially Mark Andrews, I'm not gonna have any interest in Luke Wilson. At this point, he has not been great. And now he's questionable. He might not even play tonight, which means that they're gonna have to get somebody from the practice squad. If it's Eric Tomlinson or somebody else for Baltimore, if Luke Wilson doesn't go. In week 13, he played 57% of the snaps, saw one target on 16 routes, not interested in him. And then Marvin Hall is at least interesting to point out. I don't know if he gets any run tonight. He was just signed on Monday. He's going to be cleared and able to play as the wide receiver fourth for this team. They don't have any more Kadero Hodge, or at least not for right now. So Marvin Hall, they signed, who just got dumped by Detroit, who's been a decent player this year. It's likely going to be low usage though, as he'll be the wide receiver four. I can't see them playing him over the rookie Donovan Peoples-Jones, especially after Jones just set himself career as a rookie career in season highs in routes run and in yardage, all this other stuff, right? So I don't think that Marvin Hall is going to be in play, but he's $200. So if he is active, he's at least somebody to look at if you're playing like a million maker and you really want to be taking a stance, uh, at least worth mentioning that he's going to be in play tonight, but probably not going to be getting on the field all that much. So that is the million dollar Ruski showdown slate breakdown for you. I hope you all enjoyed it. If this is your first time here, let me know in the comment section, like subscribe, do all those things. I appreciate the support. If you want to support even more over on Patreon, you get a shit ton of stuff over on Patreon for it because I'm just my own guy, right? I'm my own little one man business here. I don't have to charge the $200 a month in these crazy fucking prices that I have seen them charge. And I'm assuming even more charge higher than that in some spots, but since I'm just one man, I don't got to play employees. I don't have all this much overhead or, or this office space or anything like that. Just me. So if you want to sign up for that, you're going to get better analysis for a much cheaper and probably industry low price point right now. So you can check that stuff out as well. You can just follow along with projections and rankings link down below on my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Thank you so much for tuning into this video, everybody. I appreciate you all a ton in advance and I will see you at 6 p.m. East Coast time if you're willing and able. So hit that notification like button for the live stream. Where I'll answer your questions. That's you people out there right now. That's the one spot where I will be answering your questions on this slate, 6 p.m. East Coast time. See you all then. Best of luck, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your day. We'll reconnect later on today.